This episode is brought to you by the Plant-Centered Retreat, a four-day, three-night, 100% plant-based retreat located in Durham, North Carolina. Katie and I are your hosts. There will be educational workshops, massages, yoga, tons of plant-based deliciousness, of course, and my personal favorite, connection with like-minded women. We can only host 10 women and there are two spots left. If you'd like to join us or want to learn more, check out the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here, you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ashley. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to talk about why we have cravings and seven common causes of cravings. So if you're human and you're listening to this, then you've likely experienced cravings. They are completely natural, completely normal. They are completely part of being human. And we're going to dive all into that today. But before we do that, Katie, we are less than two months away from the retreat. Man, time flies. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I am so thrilled. And the thing is, is like, we just keep getting people from like local vendors and local restaurants pouring into us. And I'm so thrilled. We've got Brooklyn bakery. We've got juice keys. We've got small seed bar. We've got a really, really special dinner experience on Saturday night, which we are actually going to leave as a surprise because we're going to be traveling off site from the retreat to this very special restaurant. And I am, I just cannot wait. I am just so excited to not only showcase kind of the Raleigh Durham area and what plant-based vendors that we have to offer, but I cannot wait to meet this group of women. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We are going to have so much fun and learn so much from each other. I'm just so excited. Yes, we have incredible, an incredible speaker coming, Dr. Judy Brigham. She is a wealth of knowledge. She's the plant-based MD on Instagram. I'm so thrilled to have her present to us on advocating for our health as a plant-based person in the medical field. She is, I mean, she, because she's a doctor, she just brings a totally different experience and perspective. And I think it'll be really helpful just to hear her speak and just speak on general wellness and health and how we can eat to thrive essentially with a plant-based diet. And then Katie, we have an amazing Tai Chi person coming in, walking us through Tai Chi, the history of it. And then also like leading us through a session. We have Brisa, who is a local yoga instructor coming And then I think, like you said, the best part is going to be connecting with like-minded women there. There's nothing like that. I've been on several retreats and that is by far the best part is being able to just share your heart with someone and just know that they get you. They understand where you're coming from and there's no judgment and they're listening. It's, I mean, I've, (laughs) I don't think I've ever cried so much in my entire life than when I'm at these retreats, just because it's like, I just feel like I can be my true authentic self. And there's, there's nothing like that. It's that is irreplaceable. So I just, oh, I cannot wait. I know Ashley and I have both been to these retreats and to be able to have the privilege to put our own on and be able to pay it forward and give that back from what we have gained. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so awesome. Yeah. So September 22nd through September 25th, 
four days, three nights. It's in Durham, North Carolina. We have a link below. We have two spots left. So if you're interested in joining, oh, we would love, we would love, love to have you. All right, Katie. So let's jump in to today's topic. So let's start with what causes cravings. We're going to do a general overview there, and then we're going to get into the seven common causes of cravings. Cravings can be triggered by a number of factors, and we're going to dive into some of them today. So sometimes it's true physical hunger. This may happen if you've waited too long to eat between meals, or maybe you didn't eat enough throughout the day. And because of that, you end up being really, really hungry at night. And so you're craving just anything and everything. In these examples, the goal here is to obviously eat something so that you're no longer hungry. But in other cases, a craving may be triggered by something in your environment. Maybe you see an ad of somebody eating something and it looks delicious. Or I know this happens to me a lot where I'm scrolling through Instagram or TikTok and I see a recipe or someone creating something. And then that triggers a craving. It's like, Ooh, that looks tasty. I want that right now. Or maybe your craving is stemmed from a habit. So maybe this is you, maybe every night after you finish dinner, you crave something sweet and you've sort of created what is likely a strong association with that food and that act, even if you're not hungry. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. The thing with cravings is they don't last forever. And I say that because cravings are fleeting. When you have a period of intense cravings for a particular food, it's eventually going to pass. Here's an example that can be helpful. So think of a favorite food or something that you crave maybe pretty often. I'm going to use ice cream as the example. So let's say every night after dinner, you sit down to watch Netflix with some ice cream. You're just, you're craving a few bites, or maybe you want to have the whole pint or whatever that is. So you have this ice cream after dinner at night, and maybe you even feel a little bit guilty or like, I shouldn't have done that. Well, imagine you could eat ice cream every day for every meal. That sounds great, right? Ice cream for breakfast, ice cream for lunch, ice cream with dinner. The first day would feel like the best day ever. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I'm eating ice cream for breakfast. It's so delicious. That state of bliss continues because finally you have this unconditional permission to enjoy something you love without having to wait until dinner or after dinner or until you sit down to watch TV at night. But let's fast forward a little bit. Eventually you start to get tired of it. Eating ice cream is no longer as enjoyable and exciting as it was those first few days. It starts to become boring and you're no longer looking forward to it. You get to a point where you want to eat something else or the ice cream in unlimited amounts at meals is leaving you feeling kind of sluggish or just not making you feel good. I use this example because if you remove the restriction and trust your body to tell you how it's feeling and give your body time for these cravings to run their course, eventually you will start to desire other foods. And the key here is variety. Variety helps make eating fulfilling and satisfying beyond just feeling full. And so if you were to have ice cream every single day, that novelty, that excitement that maybe you once had in the evenings, it's really no longer there because ice cream isn't that exciting anymore because you can have it whenever you want. I love this example. I think a lot of people struggle with having that 
sweet tooth at night and, you know, be it ice cream or chocolate or whatever, it's almost told to us that this food has some type of power, unwielding power that we have absolutely no control over that we just give into it because we're weak. Talking about the inner narrative and that narrative can come from us or if it can come from, you know, the environment. And I think this is a perfect example that it kind of shows how our cravings, be it, you know, our hunger cues or external stimuli, our body's way of saying, hey, I want that, like I'm, I need that because of restriction, how they all kind of overlap and mingle. And I think this is a perfect example that if you had ice cream all the time, it wouldn't have as much power. It's when we put it up on that pedestal and say, you're not allowed to have that, that that's what gives it that power. So I love, I love this example because I think it can show people that that food is, it's just a food and it doesn't control us. Yep, absolutely. And with that too, the first step in tackling a food craving is understanding why it's even there. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go. Like we mentioned with the example that we just talked about, ask yourself, why am I having this craving or where is this craving coming from? If you're struggling to identify why you're having that craving, you can keep a journal and write about one, what you were craving, two, when you had the craving, three, how you were feeling during that time. So were there any emotions? Were you sad, happy? Were you really hungry? And then four, what you did about that craving. So did you decide, oh, actually I need to go for a walk instead, or no, I actually really am hungry and I'm going to follow through with what it is that I want to eat. If you do this for a few weeks, and this is for you, if you're, if you're really struggling with cravings or you're really like confused on why you're having them, if you keep this journal for a few weeks, you will likely start to see a pattern with your cravings. And that will help you further identify where they're coming from, why you're having them and how you can best manage them. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, for those listeners out there, if it's, if you're just starting kind of, if you've been following us and you're just starting maybe mindful eating or intuitive eating, where you're just trying to be more aware of why you're making the choices that you're making the journal. I know it sounds like a little bit woo woo, but it's to help you really take the time to be aware of where these things, when they happen, why they're happening. So you can help identify and recognize, okay, what's causing this? What can I do about it to be able to get, get a handle on it and understand it? Because sometimes just being aware of where it's coming from is enough to be like, Oh, I got, I got this. And you can manipulate your environment to try to prevent things like, okay, let's say I'm noticing I'm craving ice cream every time I have a really hard client meeting or a really hard meeting with my boss. I was asking for a raise or something very stressful at work. And that's causing that craving. Then we can find some other ways to handle stress or, or things like that. Yeah. 100%. I know I, I was thinking about a client who she had to have chocolate every night after dinner. And she was like, Ashley, what is wrong with me? Like I have to have a piece of chocolate every night after dinner. And so we identified, like you said, we created that awareness on 
why, where these cravings are coming from. And we pinpointed that that was the only time she would allow herself to have chocolate was after dinner, never before dinner. And so we kind of worked through that craving and eventually came to a place where if she wanted some chocolate earlier in the day, she would allow herself to have some. And it took time. But like you said, Katie, that awareness is really crucial in the beginning, especially. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into seven common causes of cravings. These are not all the causes. These are just some that we decided to pick and choose and share with you today. Some common ones that we see. So the first one is emotion-based. So maybe you're sad or you're stressed out or you're overwhelmed or you're anxious. There's a biological connection between cravings and certain emotions. Your body starts producing a hormone called cortisol when you start feeling overwhelmed or upset. And Dr. Albers, who is a psychologist at a women's health center and a mindful eating expert, she says that quote, cortisol makes us crave sugary, fatty, or salty foods, end quote. So what cortisol does when you're stressed, sad, overwhelmed, anxious, it stimulates your appetite, especially for highly palatable foods like sweet carbs. If you're feeling sad or upset, then you may be eating because it's pleasurable and triggers the production of your body's quote, feel good chemicals like serotonin and dopamine. So it's the true biological connection. This speaks to people that are in very stressful jobs. I can speak to that because I used to have a very stressful job and it was nonstop stress and my stress management was nothing. So I think when you're talking about this cortisol, it can build up in the body. If there's no chance for us to have relaxation, to allow that to dissipate, it can build up and build up and build up. And you know, that creates a vicious cycle. So I think this one especially speaks to how important stress management is and therapy, big fan of therapy, talking about those feelings, because when we're talking about nutrition, wellness, health, you know, mental health and nutrition and movement, they're all interconnected. So especially this one, it's really important to have a handle on you know, some stress relief, stress management, dealing with feelings that are coming from, you know, traumas, uh, all that stuff, it's all interconnected. So it's a really good point, Ashley. The number two is your blood sugar is getting low. And we just had Kim Rose on the podcast last week talking about blood sugar and diabetes. So I highly recommend giving that a listen if you haven't already, but very simply put, we need energy throughout the day. And energy comes from food. If you don't eat enough, then your blood sugar can start falling into a range that brings about cravings. It's like feeling the urge to go to the bathroom. You get that urge, your body's sending you this signal like, hey, it's time to go to the bathroom. And then more than likely, hopefully you go to the bathroom. And it's the same with cravings, especially in this instance, your body is sending you a signal and telling you, uh, Hey, I I need energy. So this craving may be for sugar or carbohydrates because sugar and carbs raise your blood sugar and gives you energy the quickest. Yeah. I think this is important to remember that eating is part of it. (laughs) If we concentrate on so much restriction then that's when those crashes can happen. So working with a coach like Ashley or myself, we can help you navigate what 
mealtime looks like, if we need snacks and help you, you know, be able to kind of plan your day where we can avoid those big sugar crashes and, and helping you keep that energy high. So we can try to avoid those cravings if that, if that's where they're coming from. Number three is your hormones are out of balance. And we touched on cortisol earlier, but other hormones play a role in hunger too. This is especially true for people who are menstruating because cycling hormones throughout the month can drive cravings and hunger. So when estrogen levels are low and progesterone levels are high, you may feel increased cravings and feel less satisfied after eating. We're actually going to have Corinne on to talk more about this in a later episode about your cycle and what happens to your hormones and why cravings may come up for you. I'm excited about that one. Yes, I cannot. I cannot wait. All right. Number four, the fourth reason that you may experience cravings, you're tired, exhausted, or not getting enough sleep. So we were just talking about how everything's all interwoven. Sleep is such a big one. So your body renews its energy during sleep. Similarly to what we talked about in number two, your you obtain energy by eating foods that provide calories so your body can convert them to energy. If you're not getting enough sleep, or maybe you're having poor quality sleep or disrupted sleep, then your body can drive you to eat more to keep your energy levels up. So poor sleep quality also changes those cortisol levels, which can make your appetite go up. The fifth common reason is you're not drinking enough water. So hunger and thirst are closely related and sometimes hard to differentiate between. If you have a craving come on and you're working, so this is really important. You're working at trying to identify where your cravings are coming from. If you're having a hard time figuring that out and it's just a struggle, just a quick, easy solution is to drink a glass of water and wait 10 to 20 minutes to see if that craving goes away. Now, I want to say that I'm not saying drink a glass of water every time you have a craving or if you're hungry, that's definitely not the case. This is for you. If you're really struggling, I'm like, okay, wait, am I hungry or wait, did I not drink enough water today? I can't tell, but I'm having this craving. Maybe just hydrate yourself a little bit and see what happens to that craving. This is only if you, again, can't figure out whether or not you're hungry, thirsty, tired, et cetera, and you're kind of experimenting, you're in that awareness phase of really trying to figure out what's going on here. I think journaling would be a great thing to use here as well as when you are feeling a craving or hunger or thirst, like what your body actually feels like when you're getting those cues. So is it when you're hungry, are you getting dry mouth? and empty stomach feeling? Is it just dry mouth? Is it uh, headaches? Is it fatigue? So I think journaling can be another kind of advantageous tool to be able to identify because sometimes we're just so busy. We don't even notice we're so disconnected for just doing what, you know, we think we should do, or just like we were talking about, you know, maybe we see something on the you know, we're scrolling through Instagram and we see someone making mac and cheese and then now all of a sudden we need mac and cheese. So I think, you know, thirst is something. And I remember working with Ashley uh, in the beginning, that was just not a habit of mine. I was so busy. It was such a hard habit to 
implement, but it actually fixed a big part of those cravings because I didn't even realize I was so busy and stressed. I didn't even realize how thirsty and like deprived of hydration I was. Just like Ashley said, we're not saying, you know, that old wives tale, like whenever you're hungry, just drink a big old glass of water. We're saying, you know, make sure that you've ticked that hydration box um, because that could do, you know, that could work wonders. Katie, I remember that about you. You'd go like hours without drinking anything. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> and, and going to the bathroom. Like I was like, how, how? So we, uh, we figured that out. <laughs> so number six is you may have a nutrient imbalance. One of many reasons why you eat is because there are essential nutrients your body needs from food to keep functioning. If you aren't giving your body, let's say enough protein or enough fat, or maybe a certain vitamin like vitamin C or a mineral like iron or other nutrients, you can experience particular cravings because your body wants something that it's not getting. It's craving something that it's not getting. It's like when you go on a really long trip and you are eating out most of the time, or you're eating out of your hotel. And when you come back home, you're craving something that's really nutrient dense, like a grain bowl or something with lots of veggies or a smoothie, because you've been basically eating restaurant food for the past seven days. That's kind of what it's like. Your body's craving something that it's not quite getting. And I think this is just a example of how amazing the human body is. Like it is so smart. It will tell you, you know, that it needs something, but we just have to slow down enough and be aware enough and kind of establish a practice where we can pay attention and notice when it's telling us something. Cause sometimes we just get used to ignoring it. And I think it's fascinating that it can tell you, you know, that it is, there's something missing. There's something awry. And so I think, you know, one of the things that Ashley and I stress is not only when you switch to plant-based to make sure you're getting enough calories. So that's a big thing, but also variety. So being able to get variety in your diet can kind of take the guesswork out of it and make sure you do have, you know, your plate does include a lot of nutrient dense foods and making sure that you're getting all the vitamins and minerals and, and, you know, protein, fat and carbs that your body requires to kind of maintain itself. So the human body, mm, so fascinating. <laughs> it really is fascinating. All right, Katie, last but not least, number seven is your dieting. So one thing we know about restriction and diets and following food rules is this, and this comes from the intuitive eating workbook. When you tell yourself you can't have something or shouldn't have something, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings. So those forbidden foods, those foods that are off limits or restricted, or that food that you're telling yourself, I shouldn't eat this or I, I can't eat this. Those forbidden foods are heightened. An example, I love this example. An example is a study done back in 2007 with Jansen, a group of children, they're brought into this room and they're told they could not eat the red M&Ms. So think about it. These kids are walking into this room. There's a big table set out in front of them. And there's a bunch of M&Ms on this table, a dream come true, right? But the kids are told, okay, you can have as many M&Ms as you want but you cannot have 
the red M&Ms. They could eat as many yellows as they wanted, just not the red. So same candy, different color. Guess which candy got the most attention and the most consumption? The red ones. The kids were obsessed with the red ones. That's all they could think about. That's all they could focus on. That's what they were kind of touching and picking up and then finally putting into their mouths. So this is the same thing with these foods that you're telling yourselves you can't eat or shouldn't eat, or maybe you're on a diet or you're restricting certain things. The intensity and desire for those particular foods skyrockets. And it's so, it just shows you that it's so powerful. It's so easy to look at a certain food. And even if you don't think that you're dieting, so even if you're not on Noom or Weight Watchers or uh, keto, even if it's just this weird food rule, like I shouldn't eat bread or I shouldn't eat fruit because it has too much sugar. That is so powerful in the back of your mind that says I shouldn't have that. So it automatically puts it in this forbidden fruit image and you know, psychology is tricky. Uh, So it's like the body and the brain, you know, can fight with each other. This is something that I work with my clients is we talk about when we're at the grocery store and when we're meal planning, is your narrative like, oh, I shouldn't eat that, or Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to eat that, or that's a bad food. So we really talk about the power that those words have around food and how it's important to switch that up and put everything on that level playing field. And just like that ice cream example, which I love so much, it's, it's, you know, you want to give yourself permission to eat and choose to eat what you want. Yep. Absolutely. This actually reminds me of a client that I had who was incredible And when we first started working together, she had this list of her shouldn't foods, foods that she shouldn't eat. And she went to a a get together one time at a friend's house and all those shouldn't foods were right on the coffee table, right in front of her. So she said, Ashley, I was sitting there trying to have a conversation with my friends, but I kept looking at those foods. I was so distracted by all these foods that were in front of me that I quote, shouldn't eat that I, I ended up having a miserable time because I couldn't pay attention. I couldn't enjoy myself. And so we end up working through a lot of that stuff and we end up working together for a couple of years, but it just goes to show, like Katie was saying, how powerful your mind is, how powerful psychology is, how powerful our view on food is and how that affects even our relationships, not, not just ourselves, but obviously other people as well. When you're struggling with cravings, it can be helpful to identify what's actually triggering the cravings, similar to what we talked about in the beginning Cravings can be as simple, I'll put quotes around simple, as simple as hunger and as complicated or as complex as a particular need not being met. So my challenge for you today, my challenge for you listening is if this is something you struggle with, if you struggle with cravings and trying to identify where they're coming from, take a minute to assess if you're craving something out of true hunger or if you're craving something that food can't provide like relaxation, a short break from work, a helpful distraction, like a puzzle or walk around the block or stress relief. What's your self-care been like lately? So when you identify, okay, I'm actually not really hungry or I'm not thirsty. I'm having a need that's not being met. 
take a look at your self-care and just take a look at kind of, you know, what's your week been like? Has your stress been especially high? Have you been watching the news more? Have your kids been, you know, getting on your nerves more, whatever that's like, and think about your self-care and try to match that energy with something that will meet your needs that food can't quite meet. Cravings can teach you a lot about what it is you really need. Cravings are, like we said, a part of being human. They happen to each of us. Every single person experiences cravings at some point. Food cravings, maybe they just feel really frustrating for you right now. Or maybe you feel really overwhelmed by them. Or like, maybe you feel like there's something you just can't control. Cravings don't have to control you. If you spend time figuring out the root cause of what's going on, where they're coming from, why you're, why you're having them, that gives you the power back. And it's not about willpower. It's not about control. It's not about like you, Oh, I, I, I can control food and what I eat. It's more about just awareness and understanding where they're coming from. So as Ashley and I talk about this, we've been doing it for a while and Ashley mentioned simple It is simple, but that does not mean that it's easy. I have a client where they have experienced dieting all the matriarchs in the family. So aunts, sisters, grandmothers, mothers, all have been dieting their whole life. And, you know, she's in her forties. So that's a lot of stuff to unpack. So this doesn't, you know, don't feel bad if you can't figure the stuff out overnight. It's simple, but doesn't mean it's easy. (laughs) That is so true. Yes. It takes time. You're right. Give yourself patience, give yourself grace. Like we talk about a lot to work through some of these things. And, and really too, like in these times, if you are struggling, it can be helpful to seek support or guidance from a dietitian or a therapist who practices intuitive eating. This can help equip you with specific coping strategies for your unique and individual situation. And if you see, this is something we tell our clients a lot. If you see contradicting messages or food shaming on social media or anything that like makes you feel bad about yourself or what you're doing, or they talk about how all you need is willpower or control, it may be a good time to mute or unfollow those accounts where you find yourself comparing yourself and having negative thoughts around food or negative thoughts about yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We are so grateful for you. And I feel like we can't say it enough, but thank you. We do have a few resources below. And also if you're interested in the retreat, we have that linked below as well. Katie, it was a pleasure as always. Always looking forward (laughs) to the next one. Same. All right, y'all. We will catch you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.